Hello, Rasa. Hello, Father. I want to know how you are. I am good. Are you ready to know everything? I am ready to know everything. Let's do it. Today, I want to share with you a story about marketing. Now, I am not a professional of marketing. I am not a professor of marketing. I am not a marketer or a marketeer, but I have some interesting experience between the age of six and 13 involving a lemonade stand. Ooh, tell me, I'm intrigued. When I was six years old, after first grade, my friend Josh and I started a lemonade stand in front of my house. And we sold little Dixie cups of lemonade, just like you did, I think, at the same age, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. And just like you, we had little cups and big pitchers. And I don't know, we charged maybe five cents, 10 cents, maybe a quarter per glass of lemonade. And people said, oh, you're so cute. Tapped our heads, bought some lemonade. Mm -hmm. Simple enough. But what happened is then we grew older. Soon we were the age you are now, nine going on 10. We weren't as cute. People were like, who are these almost middle school kids selling us lemonade? They didn't buy as much. So we had to pull out a marketing tool, a new mascot, a new secret weapon. Do you know what it was? Hmm, what? Our little sisters. They conveniently were still in that cute little five-year, six-year-old range, and we dragged them in front and said, hey, kids, play with your dolls in front of this lemonade stand, and we're going to make the lemonade. We're going to bring it out, but you're going to be the ones that sell it. You're going to be the face of the franchise. And all of a sudden, we were back in business. People were flipping quarters our way again. Our sisters were happy when we gave them, you know, a quarter or two or a glass of lemonade every once in a while, and we were back in the bucks. But then guess what happened? What? Well, our sisters grew older and they were still perfectly cute, but they were no longer willing to work for such low wages anymore. And they wanted a bigger cut of the profits. So I had to go back and think, how can we, without these girls, sell our lemonade again for a bigger bucks? And this is what I came up with. We switched product from lemonade to a kind of Kool-Aid called Purple Saurus Rex Kool-Aid. Have you ever heard of it? No. And why would you have heard of it? It's just Purple Kool-Aid. That's the way you've experienced it if you've had it. Now, there was a very specific reason, though, why I chose Purple Kool-Aid instead of any other kind of Kool-Aid or lemonade itself. Can you guess what that was? What? I grew up in a college town, Evanston, Illinois. And in Evanston, the university there is Northwestern University. And can you guess what the school colors were? Purple? That's right. And so even though I was making purple Kool-Aid, I did not call it purple Kool-Aid. Can you guess what I called it? What? Northwestern-Aid. And I sold it on Saturdays before college football games. Oh, this is going to be. Good. The college students came by. They were dressed in what color? Purple. And their shirts said what on them? 
Northwestern. And were they excited to see a couple kids with this purple drink that they could quaff on their way to cheer their football team on? Oh, yeah. I didn't charge 10 cents. I didn't charge 25 cents. I didn't even charge 50 cents. I said, college students, they don't want to bother with change. This is a dollar a cup. And they just threw the bills our way. They drank the cups. They said thanks. They gave us high fives and our pockets filled. Now, do you know how much it costs to buy a packet of Purple Saurus Rex Kool-Aid? How much? Probably about a dollar lasts you through five or six pitchers of it. Wow. And meanwhile, we were getting a dollar per cup. So we ended up with $100 each in pure profit from a lemonade stand. Oh, my goodness. Better than being cute. Better than your little sisters being cute was the right message with the right color and the right name for the right audience. And that is my story of marketing. Oh, my gosh. Because it's funny enough. Our colors, the Grizz colors for our football team, the Grizzlies, are maroon. So, purple too. Yeah, it's raining right now, but it better be sunny sometime soon because I am making a lemonade stand. Let the purple begin. Are you ready for today's poem? called My Gmail Makes You Laugh So Hard by Diana Salyer. Before we break up, we g-chat randomly about men on segways, cookie monster videos, what we should do for dinner, and all this mundane that suddenly feels like the series finale of Lost, or finding out whether the afterlife really exists. And you say, my Gmail makes you laugh so hard. Ha ha ha. After we break up, we g-chat awkwardly about whether things are awkward between us now, which just makes it more awkward, whether or not it was already awkward to begin with. And I say, did you get my messages I kept typing after you went away? And you say, no, I didn't get anything. And I make myself invisible. Aw, that's kind of sweet but sad. Yeah. Would you like to read it? Yeah. My Gmail makes you laugh so hard. Before we break up, we g-chat randomly about men on segways, cookie monster videos, and what we should do for dinner, and all this mundane that suddenly feels like the series finale of Lost or finding out whether the afterlife really exists. And you say my Gmail makes you laugh so hard. Ha ha ha. After we break up, We chat awkwardly about whether things are awkward between us now, which just makes it more awkward, whether or not it was already awkward to begin with. And I say, did you get my messages? I kept typing after you went away. And you say, no, I didn't get anything. And I make myself invisible. Hmm, well read. One thing I love about this poem is that it is sweet and it is sad, but it also shows that poems don't have to be old-fashioned. It's about Gmail and watching YouTube videos and doing chatting 
and watching TV. It I'm feels about Cookie Monster. Yeah, it feels very modern, but it's still that same feeling that happens when you're excited to be with someone, and everything feels like you're getting closer and closer, and then afterward, it's like you're getting further and further away, doesn't it? Yeah, not that I would know. Well, <laughs> this year when your class went to video. You started doing chats within your classroom sometimes, didn't you? Oh yeah. And you and your friends would sometimes find each other and send one-on-one chats. Oh yeah, lunch was really fun. So, can you imagine people a little older than you in middle school, in high school, in college, or in their first jobs? That's a lot of the way they might communicate with each other if they're not in the same place at the same time. Yeah. It's funny. I'm so lucky because my best friend she lives across the street from me. That's yeah. been a very fortunate thing right but, now. But even with her, I mean, you had play dates when you couldn't see people with her via video and with chat. And yeah. you had play dates with friends in Los Angeles. You had a play date with a friend who was in Costa Rica for a while, didn't you? Yeah. And you guys sent messages back and forth. Now imagine dating that way. If that's not too weird. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine getting really close to someone, I should just say that way. And you could see how the messages could just get you really excited about each other. And you could do all sorts of activities and hang out that way. But after the breakup, the connection isn't there, even if it wasn't there in person to begin with. Yeah, it's sad. I guess one thing that's cool, but also cruel about the technology is you have a record of the whole relationship from the beginning to the end. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes, I do. My vexing question is, how does caffeine energize you? I mean, grown-ups are always saying... I can't survive without coffee. I need coffee. Thank goodness for coffee. But how does caffeine work? How does caffeine, when you drink it, make you more energized? Wonderful question. I'll look it up. I'll get back to you soon. Okay. I'm back. And I've got the answer to your vexing question. Okay. What is it? Caffeine is a naturally occurring chemical stimulant found in many plant, seeds, nuts, or leaves. Coffee beans, tea leaves, or cocoa beans being the most famous examples. It works by blocking the action of a compound called adenosine in the brain. Adenosine slows down nerve cell activity and makes us sleepy. To our nerve cells, though, Caffeine and adenosine look the same. If you consume caffeine, it takes the place of adenosine. So instead of our heart slowing down, our eyes narrowing, and our body shutting down, we stay awake. Caffeine doesn't just block adenosine, though. It also increases the levels of a neurotransmitter called dopamine that makes us feel happy. Sounds good, right? Yeah, coffee makes you happier. The only problem is our body gets used to the new feeling. Consume caffeine regularly or in large amounts, and we get addicted to it. We have trouble feeling awake or happy without it. Our sleep and mood suffers. We're hooked 
Ugh. I knew there had to be a trick somewhere. At least while you're a kid, it's good to let the body give you energy and make you feel happy naturally. But if you want to have hot cocoa on a campout, it's okay with me. Hmm. Marshmallows, here I come. You must know everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen, and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know.